Okay, well, I mean, he can edit the beginning of this when I hit start recording anyway, yeah. so hopefully those 17 motorcycles that are outside my house right now will drive by. Hello, and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. Uh, I am Spencer, and I have J-Dog with me. J-Dog. And uh, uh, as per our tradition, we have to do our Richard Gere movie every season. I listen. This it wasn't planned. It just happens. Yeah, so far it's happened organically every time. First, the Kurosawa movie he did, uh, where he plays a half Japanese, half American. Is mm-hmm. it racist? Probably. I don't know, but it's, it's a good movie. Then Chicago last season, the the Oscar-winning musical. That's fun, but not great. And now. Uh, probably the best one that isn't Kurosawa. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's that movie. Yeah, we will get to the title, but first, uh, have our two guests. I was on their show talking about Mandy and a much better movie, I Saw a Devil. Uh, you guys can introduce yourselves. Oh. <laughs> oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm Andrew. And I'm LB. And we are together. Chainsaw and Dave. The what? Wait. Uh, no, that's summer school. No, we're Grumbire. I think I saw summer school when I was a teenager, and I specifically remember having nightmares about rabbits eating people's faces. <laughs> is that is that a thing? I I don't remember a rabbit in there eating a person's I, face. I don't know. It, it's like Chainsaw, the character, was also doing things with, like, makeup and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the big gimmick in the movie, yeah. 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 For, he was, like, around some girl that was cute, and they're like, oh, the rabbits, and then he, like, showed, like, oh, don't worry, it's fake. <laughs> okay, right. But I, little I, Joel was peeing his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in the cinema uh, when I was a kid, a teenager. I, I don't mean to take away the... Uh, podcast for me but i did see that and uh i liked it a little bit a lot mm. sort of and then i stopped liking it because i grew up and then i meet elby and she's like i love that movie and i'm like oh no <laughs> but still but still it's you know yeah. every once in uh 10 years or something watch it and it's fine yeah well andrew uh you mentioned like don't want to take a show away just listen mm-hmm. to our deep red episode that episode is a mess and Pretty much within first ten minutes, uh, I lose control, and it's two hours of <laughs> of not... our guests talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> each other. Say, LB. <laughs> um, yeah, what's up? So I, I did actually want to mention uh, the thing about Richard Gere being cast as half Japanese man. Uh, is it racist? You asked. I, I'm not so sure if it's racist because Kurosawa did the casting for his own movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless yeah. the producers muscled him, and the producers were Western producers, I, I don't, I don't know that much. But like, it's a Kurosawa movie. Like, he did it. He's Japanese. Yeah. He saw that there was, it was okay to do it. Also, um, Aloha has a similar casting uh, with uh, Emma Stone right. as oh, a yeah. half Japanese girl, and I wonder if that's their reasoning. They were like Richard Gere in the Kurosawa movie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> At least because everybody was like, "Whoa, no, <laughs> Emma Stone doesn't pass." You know, at okay. least the man was a Buddhist, for God's sake. Like, right? 
True. Mm. Emma All Stone's right. just a pretty girl. What? <laughs> All right. So, um, a while ago, so that uh, so far the Virtual Gear movie we're talking about is the remake of Breathless, that uh, I kind of forgot existed until we did our Breathless episode last year, almost actually almost uh, a year to today, and hmm. I was like, well, I should we should probably cover that, and then I saw Richard Gears, and I was like, oh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> there you go. How was that um, 60s Breathless episode? Um, I don't have much to say. I think the movie is influential, <laughs> but... We, we both have, like, a real yeah. Godard. Like, Spencer is mostly hate. I'm, I'm half hate, half I'm okay with. Like, there, there's one movie that I really like, but the rest of them I'm like, hmm. What's okay. that movie? What is it? Uh, two or three things I know about her. Hmm. <laughs> Which are? Uh, I, I know she doesn't have a straightforward narrative, and she doesn't mind dancing around with a bag on her head. Uh, see, maybe I'll oh. think of the third one. Um, she mm. has uh, '90s eyebrows in the '60s. Oh, mm-hmm. but she didn't know that at the time. That is true. It would be yeah, good. That's pre- prescient eyebrows. That's she mm. <laughs> her, her eyebrows with predictors, soothsaying eyebrows. If you, will. I can see the future, but it only applies to my own eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and uh, the one Godard I I really like is "My Life to Live." I won't say your French title because I never remember the right way to say it. Which one is that again? That's the one that two or three things is kind of a remake of, sort of. What? Uh, Anna Karina, the prostitute one. That's like. Done oh, it's the okay. No, like, that that one is an incredibly well-made, like capital M movie, like entertaining and also full of like interesting shots. It it almost doesn't feel like Godard made it because it's like this is too interesting. Yeah, mm. and, and, oh. and his head isn't up his own ass that much either. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I think Weekend is okay, but I don't remember much about it. Uh, I don't remember much about any of it. Uh, uh, Bend Apart and... You like, um, you like Pierre Le Fou. Pierre Le Fou. But I like mm-hmm. Pierre Le Fou because of, of the references that um, let your... What, what is it called? Let the Sleeping Corpses Lie uh, makes to Pierre Le Fou, which are just location references. But Wait, that's... That, what? What is that? That's... The the one with uh, Elena Lohenschon and the robbers who hold out in a seaside villa that's dilapidated, but it was also part of the location of Wait, Piero. that's that's Let the Corpses Tan. That's it. Sleeping Corpses yeah. Lie is oh, a different okay. movie. Let the Corpses like, Tan. You're right. Okay, okay. I was having trouble. You heard that's me fine. stammer at the beginning of it. I pulled yeah. out a different movie, which I think is a Lucio Fulci movie, maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe not. It, Probably the, not. I think that's a is Spanish it? movie. Yeah, um, well, it's the, the uh, Let the Corpses Tan is a, by a, a Belgian uh, couple, yeah, husband they, and wife team. Yeah, I love their the, movies, but they're also really pretentious movies, but I like uh, them a lot. Yeah, I can't argue that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they're always interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait for what they do next, because I don't think I've heard anything since no. the... Yeah, I really like that one. It's very stylish, and so I got we got Piero. It took forever for us to find Piero Le Fou, but uh, we got it, and it's fine. It's good. It's decent. Right. Uh, except, am I watching it a billion times? <laughs> no, not really. 
Alright, uh, so, uh, so what I mentioned we're gonna do the Breathless remake, uh, uh, uh immediately LB, re uh, I posted on Twitter, mm -hmm. LB responded, I'm always down to talk about dick. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Yes! And wow. so I was like, okay, well, I got someone for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie does star Richard Gear, so. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yes. It also has like a little gray wig on it too, which is I did I was not expecting. <laughs> I, didn't I assume look it's a wig. I mean, do you think that little gray hair is glowing, growing on his ding dong? Um, you know, naturally. I yeah. salt, salt and pepper. It's like part of his brand. <laughs> salt and peener. <laughs> Peeper. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, Albie, Al do you like the uh -huh. original Breathless? Do you have you seen it? Yeah, I've only seen it once, and um, I don't really get the big deal about it story-wise. Like, I do understand why it's, um, I guess, the only word for it, I guess, is influential, you know? Like, I get it. I understand it, but, like, I just, to watch it, so what? Yeah. That's, that's really it, you know? Like, I don't, I don't really find it that compelling of a story at all so and a lot of that has to do with um just uh like th these moments and that he's showcasing of these people's lives are just the absolute like boring in between the lines part of reality <laughs> like your day-to-day -day life like you know the it's mundane. just yeah yeah exactly the mundane um that's probably a better word to use than boring <laughs> but oh, no. like but um yeah it's uh theoretically interesting but to to actually sit and watch it it's really not that engaging hmm. most of the time so that that's my my issue with the the first breathless this this one's uh, handles that a bit better so uh, well, I feel like we're uh, if if film Twitter ever hears this episode, that we're gonna all of us going to be canceled by film Twitter. Yeah, oh, well. I can. I'll take it. <laughs> all right, let me let, let me. What's Who the cares? what's the actress's name in this? Um, because it's European and I'm old. I don't remember. Oh, she was uh, in a Zulowski movie. Um, Valerie Kaprisky. Val Valerie Kaprisky. Um, here's me getting canceled. She's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> She's she's naked a lot in this movie, and yeah. I kind of, you know, I, I don't know what the situation was with, like, how they wanted the movie to go and stuff like that. And I was I was telling Spencer that um, Richard Gere in this movie is so into his character, it's, like, hard not to, like, want to hate Richard Gere because of this jackass he plays so well. And, but with Valerie Kaprisky, like, I don't really know, like, I know she's a... A student. Yeah. I know she had a, a relationship with a this fling, guy. A fling in Vegas. But she doesn't get to really you know, it's it's his movie. It is he's the he is the number one capital A star where I think the French Breathless we, we kinda got more of um I wish. Well, we got both sides, I think. Yeah. I you get back and forth, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Gene Here you George. here you get a lot of no, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Quit it. Leave me alone. I'm pretty. Yeah, Leave like, me alone. I'm pretty. I think that comes down to the, the relationship. Cause in the first one, it's more like she tolerates him because he's 
good good fucking i guess yeah and in this <laughs> one it seems more like a melodrama like she's in love but she knows he's bad and keeps going back and forth and it like plays up the melodrama angle which that's how i justify like that kind of weird dynamic sure no i get i get that and she's like in a she's in a position where she's uh you know obviously um an import from a different country doing the the schooling and like she's she's at the top of her class and stuff like that and this guy's coming in like l- almost literally a wrecking ball especially that scene where she where he interrupts <laughs> that the presentation yeah. yeah like a wrecking ball yeah a wrecking uh. table as it were because mm-hmm. he t- takes the table knocking off everything so, off the other table so he came in like a wrecking ball yeah, stop it. Don't okay. do that, Spencer. <laughs> oh, what's that? I know it's not my show or anything, but don't do that again. Joel, Joel's pop music from like How many pop, pop starlet references can we make? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this song is full of a bunch of uh, 50s doo-wop and pop. Right. So uh, a lot, probably, LB. <laughs> do you mm-hmm. want to start now? Breathless. Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Breathless. That's the okay. song he did. Yes. Uh, as you call this uh, session. Breathless. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, so. He seemed to really like that song. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, so um, we got we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Tarantino. No, no I, clear- I got rid of the elephant. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tarantino clearly loves this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, he likes Godot. So he likes the... He named his company... But band apart from yeah. and, and Godard yeah. hates that he named Godard's quote is like <laughs> he named it after my worst movie <laughs> and yeah, a, maybe, maybe that was on purpose come on guys and, and he, he's offended by that which I find hilarious <laughs> why didn't you name it Pierre Lefou I thought he'd say like no King Lear is my best movie I guarantee uh-huh. you he did a King Lear movie in the 80s with Molly Ringwald and Woody oh. Allen what see it's that would YouTube. fit in with uh, our stuff too, because Kurosawa had a bunch of Shakespeare adapt- adaptations. And the guy from Rocky and was in his, the King Lear movie. Good and uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, the, the robot. <laughs> I wish the old, the old man. No, Burgess <laughs> Meredith. Holly. Yes. It, oh, Do- Dolph Rung- Lundgren is. Oh, I was talking about Polly. Mr. T. Uh, <laughs> we could go on. Yeah. <laughs> Smoother's like, shut up. Uh, was it Machine Gun Kelly or whatever? No, it's Tommy Gun. Movie. It's Tommy Gun. Oh, Tommy Gun. Machine, Machine Gun, Gun Kelly's Kelly like a real, like married a guy to, he, to make this a, contemporary. He's, yeah, ma- he's now he's getting garbage. married to Megan Fox. So, since you brought him up, I have to bring this up. Early on, when he did rap, he did like a more of a hip hop persona, and now yeah. it's dropped to like I'm a suburban white guy, and it's like okay, fuckface. So you do, so you do like a black thing. For like the first part of your career, and then you go pop punk, and now you now you're suddenly not from the hood. What are you doing? No. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to one of his newer songs. Oh, oh, the song called Bloody Valentine, which is supposed to be a nod to my Bloody Valentine, the band, and uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. At all. Wow. And I was like, I thought he was a rapper, and he's singing this yeah. uh, mediocre well, pop song with. Good alternative guitars, but nothing really. This is the wrong podcast for this. I know, but it's, but it's <laughs> all right. Sorry, no, we do a different podcast where where Rain we love in. the tangents, and I'm like, come on, I really want a tangent. Rain me in. Tell okay. me to shut up. 
All right, so no, you're fine. Breathless eighty three. Um, Tarantino loves it. There's a lot of visual nods. Like I was a Tarantino freak for like probably thirteen to twenty, where I rewatched the movies that were around. I think when I turned twenty, it would have been it would have been around the time of Django. So like the first bunch I saw like over like probably ten times per movie, and I saw so many shots that are like oh Tarantino likes this shot, and it's like I feel like every other scene. Like I I've seen in a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like and that the one where uh, somebody's in the lap while they're, somebody's driving, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I just like I just seen One Spot Time in Hollywood has that exact scene in it. And I'm like, this is not a coincidence. This is a <laughs> he doesn't hide it. He doesn't reference. hide it at yeah. all. But LB, what was that mm-hmm. uh, that he said about the? Um, who, whose review was it that actually made him? Uh, Pauline Kale. So take it away, if you remember. Mm, well, he was talking about Godard's Breathless and that, her review of that, just saying that there's a poetry in the in-between moments. But th- that was the word he, that she used was poetry. So like he, he that is what uh, gave him the you know the light bulb in his brain so to speak about how to make his own movies all from Pauline Kael yeah in, not not words. so much not the movie itself not so but much a review of the movie <laughs> yeah not so much Godard's Godot's work whatever but the review that interpretation of his work and he was like oh that is what I want to achieve the poetry thing and I actually, I, I understand his approach then. That he does, sure, love and rip off so many different filmmakers. Ringo Lamb is one of them. Um, yeah. Oh, I think, but, he, I think he admitted to Ringo Lamb recently. Yeah. Finally, yeah. after like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, so, like, so many. So, uh, but I do find him to have his own poetry. I, I suppose, like, uh, Girl Talk is uh, for music. Um, mm-hmm remixing everybody else's sometimes mediocre hip-hop and power pop and like radiohead whatever that is into one great song that isn't any of those but pulls from them and it's really great but is also all homage you know so i I don't have a problem with tarantino in that sense but i know i think maybe spencer you're a little bit over him right uh definitely also i'm black and there are certain things he's done movie-wise, where it's like, I don't think you should be talking about this. Uh, <laughs> you are the wrong gotcha. person to talk about this <laughs> issue. And Pulp Fiction. I think, has, it, yeah. Pulp I think Fiction it's funny. Pulp Fiction has scene that right. should yeah. be cut. That is not funny. I don't... What I think is there. funny is when he's, like, on interviews with BET or something, he takes on uh, an urban affect to his voice. Yeah, when I've addressing noticed. the yeah, he's like, "Yo, man, like that," and like mm-hmm. Sam's sitting, Sam Jackson's just sitting there staring at him, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're in the same room doing the same interview. He's like, "Not a mean homie type thing," without saying "homie," but that's shorthand for this podcast. And yeah, yeah that's the. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Stop! Just yeah, I, I hope him having a, having a baby calms him down enough to stop doing that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that was the the thing we were waiting for. Yeah, yeah, having to have a baby at, at fifty five to finally <laughs> not be annoying. Yep. 
Speaking of annoying, Richard Gere in this movie. <laughs> he's hyper, ain't he? He's a little obnoxious. He's a piece of shit, and I love it. And yeah. I, I hate his, I hate his character. Like I hate that. Like I feel like I've, I've known people mm-hmm. like that, and like specifically have avoided these people that are like this. Like I don't give a fuck unless it's what I want to do. Extreme ADHD, uh, out of control attitude thing, and it's like, you motherfucker. This is an amazing mm-hmm. performance. Yeah. But so like when he shoots the dude, at the beginning, when he gets. You know, like, he doesn't mean to, right? Right. It seems like it's an accident. Uh, like, it, like, he, like, he just, gra- like, they don't even show him grab the gun. They show the gun. They show the, the window break, but it could have been the cop shooting. And then they show him drop the gun, but him like, what? <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, that. It's like an afterthought once he gets to L.A. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's like the perfect accident, and it seems like uh, because I mean obviously what do you what do you do in that situation? You you got a wrecked car. You're in the middle of the desert. You just killed a cop. Do you wait around? <laughs> but I like how they cut to like and then he's in L.A. How did he get to to L.A.? I I, I yeah I want to know how far he away he was because I've made that drive. Uh, from Los Angeles area to Las Vegas many times, and did you it, yell uh, Vegas, baby, every time? No, I I did go breathless. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even before I knew that song existed. Oh, oh wow. Do you, do you go there with your dad uh, every time you listen to Jerry Lee Lewis all the time? My father, you, uh, I'm not sure what my father's taste in music is. That's did, funny. Did you have prescient eyebrows at the time? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. My dad had, like, the kind of eyebrows. So this was, like, the 90s, and his eyebrows were the kind that people do now. What the hell? What? Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I I was going to ask you, Joel, about the drive to L.A. from Las Vegas, (laughs) because I was kind of curious, like, uh, is is a desert that red when you drive across a desert? Because I've never been in a desert, so... I'm curious. It, Arizona. It, it has certain areas that are like that, but I mean, I think it was a coloration thing. Like, it's no, it's it's more like a what it's, you would imagine a yellowish sand kind of thing. Yeah, sand hills. It's like I've been there too. Um, I used Andrew. to live in Southern California. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, Andrew, aren't you aren't you from California? Uh, Moreno Valley for twenty years. Um, near Riverside, but that is actually in a in a desert community, mm-hmm. and nestled between what they call the Devil's Valley. Uh, it's five. <laughs> this is just a big myth, but it's a urban myth uh, or or desert myth, whatever. Five peaks surrounding that valley that make a pentagram. <laughs> That's what they say. It's BS. You find me five peaks, peaks, and I can make a pentagram. Everybody it can, right? It doesn't have to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Devil's okay. Valley. Game back to Breathless. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen Richard Gere where he's like not like a uh, middle-aged like 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 usually like my introduction to him was probably like my aunt or my mom saying, "Oh, he's so handsome and pretty woman." Uh-huh. And, like, so my perception of him for, for basically up until 
this movie was, oh, he's just like the run-of-the-mill Hollywood actor type. And saying this, like, oh, he was young and hot before? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You haven't seen American Gigolo. Okay. That's yeah. what I always got confused with this movie. All right. Well, Just by the poster alone. Yeah. As oh. we were watching this, I kind of realized that I don't know a lot of movies that he was in. Like, I haven't seen a lot of Richard Gere movies, apparently. You forgot uh, this one, LB. Mothman Prophecies. You forgot that one. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love the Mothman. But um, early in his career, though, like, pre-Pretty Woman, like, I haven't seen a lot of those movies, or actually none Any. of them at all now. Right, right. But, uh... Cotton Club? No. He was in Looking for Mr. <laughs> Goodbar. Oh, and yeah, I've, I've seen that. Or miserable is it Looking movie. or Searching? I don't remember. Uh, looking, I think. It's it is miserable. That and American Gigolo, like you said, and an Officer and a Gentleman. Like, I haven't really... Like, there's no reason for me to have ever really seen those movies. Because I was so young at the time. But, um, but yeah, Pretty Woman. That's a classic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just weird seeing like, oh, I, like, he, he, like, I, I, I never hear, I hear about his movie that's not like, you know, the uh, standard Hollywood ones, and it's like, oh, he had a crazy side. I guess, right? I guess, I guess he got tired of doing that stuff, or maybe he realized money, and mm-hmm. so he's kind of stopped. <laughs> well, there's, there's, uh, we we did like Hunting Party, which was a more recent film, more recent being like in the last fifteen years. Um, Hunting Party was pretty good. He was a journalist. He's got mm. Terrence Howard and Jesse Eisenberg with him in the Middle East. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, but um, the gerbil incident, okay. whatever that is, I, I yeah. don't know why that happened, that rumor. It was a rumor started by uh, somebody, it's another Hollywood so-and-so. I can't remember specifically, but if you look up the incident, they're like, this person's name is it. And he, he's like, yeah, I started that fucking rumor. <laughs> so it was never based on reality, uh-huh. according to the guy who started the rumor. But by the time he like fucking hated Richard Gere. And he was like, hit, <laughs> by the time I hit high school, which was... It, well, by the time I was about to graduate, so that's like '92. '92. Um, yeah, I'm I was. Old. I was. I was one years old that year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're a little baby, and I'm an old fart. Um, ninety, like '91, between '90 90 and '92, I had heard that rumor about Richard Gere, and I was like, "Why? What? That doesn't make." Because also, I was and kind of still am super innocent and naive about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, not so much the knowledge part, but like I'm still pretty square. So I'm like very like what I don't understand. I can't compute. Why would anybody put a gerbil in their butt? I don't get it. I still don't. So <clears throat> no matter how much the internet tells me, I should. <laughs> so so it's not true. No. <laughs> you think it? I'm just, I'm just. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah uh, J Dog, what did you think of the Silver Surfer comic book stuff in this? It worked because of his, like, you know, um, kind of like 
Well, I can't see. I wish I'd rewatched it. Like, I have a clear image of, like, the Jim Starling art that was in there and then, like, the over-wordy speech bubbles. I, I don't know if that was Stanley, but it was definitely a Stanley style to just, like, over-talk everything in, in the earlier comics. But, like, being this galactic last of his planet, you know, uh, with this all this power but unable, or, yeah, I, I can't remember specifically... I, I liked it. I, I like Silver Surfer. That's that's not something that comes up anymore. And it's it's it never occurred to me how silly that was when I was a kid. That mm -hmm. he's a, a spaceman on a surfboard. <laughs> and he I calls like, himself oh, yeah. the Silver Surfer. Oh, definitely. You, you <laughs> named yourself the Silver Surfer. Um, I I was trying to figure out the, the analogy, but you just said power, and I think charisma might be mm. the analogy of the power of the Silver Surfer that is Richard Gere in the film. That's why it's an analogy. Because the kid says, like, he's a chumpy, he doesn't go, he doesn't leave and he, when he can, and he serves stupid Galaxis. He's a chump. He's a jerk, is what the kid says. And there's, like, a level of alienation. Like, Richard Gere doesn't have any relationships. You know, he, he has these things he doggedly pursues because he wants it. And then he's got these, you know, shady dealings he's doing with people who deal with him because he, you know, produces results. He's amicable uh, with one guy, and that guy gives him a jacket. Yeah. I would have expected him to give him the hat, you know. <laughs> Be more unrecognizable, here's a hat. Instead of just the jacket, but anyway. Is, you know, he didn't want to give up his hat. I know. I know. He's like, I've got a bald spot. <laughs> I'm in my 50s. Charisma, huh? Like, I don't know. I guess he does have a sort of charisma about him, but, uh, you know, being a, a female, I... Wait. Hold on, hold on a second. Wait, okay. Uh, turn, turn off your guys' uh, audio. Spencer, you didn't tell me there was a woman on this. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God. You I, couldn't I'll tell? You. I'll warn you next time, Joel. I have to get. I have to get my wife. She has to be in the room. <laughs> Mike Pence here, huh? <laughs> Gonna drink this milk now. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Sorry, please go on. No, uh, it's okay. I. I want to know what this girl <laughs> sees in him. Like he's. I mean, he's. You like his. Physique, he's attractive. He's attractive. Yes, yeah. granted. You, you see know, him, but you see his penis in the shower. What, but you know, yes. I, it's it's a shower there. You know, guys, it's a oh, shower. Yeah, that's, that's I, I mean, I mean, not a shower, a shower. It's a grower. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's a grower because there was nothing too impressive there except for a man dancing around naked in the shower, which was like, whoa. They didn't, in 1983, did they do this? <laughs> Apparently, in this movie. <laughs> I, I'm struggling to really figure out like what the appeal about him is for her, and I'm thinking, well, maybe since she's a, a French lady in America, like she just thinks he's some crazy American, and that that's what the appeal is. Like she maybe wants to go on this adventure, but like she's actually struggling because she has you know practicality about her in her architecture or whatever it is she's studying. But like, I don't, I don't know if like him being such a loose cannon 
is that appealing. So I just can't, I I have a hard time believing that she would like string him along so, so much. I mean, I I don't think stringing along is what she's doing. I mean, she's actively being like, no, no, and he just keeps going, right? Yeah, I I guess, but... Uh, I don't, she, she, you know, she doesn't need too much coaxing to get it on with them. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, though. Like, she, she keeps saying no, but, um, it's, it's tricky because, like, I don't think the message here is, like, no doesn't mean no. Like, you know, they have that, there's, there's people, <laughs> the yes. bad, the bad types of people, right. like have this thing of you know if she says no, that means she's actually saying yes. Blah blah blah. Like I don't, I don't think that that's what the message in this movie is because it's more, um, uh, uh, it's more whimsical than that, I guess. But um, it's it's a it's a full on melodrama. Yeah yeah yeah. So like. It's complicated because, like, she does seem like she is playing hard to get, but then also, like, I can't really say that it sounds like she wants to go to Mexico with him, like, for real. So, like, she's saying no, she probably means no, yet, like, she wants to have him around too. So, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with her. <laughs> she's also what? She's twenty something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's she's, probably. He's she's probably smoking, more. and and everybody is hormonal uh, around that time. They're still mm-hmm. hormonal, super hormonal. So he's a sexy dude. She's a sexy chick. They're supposed to be together, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also mo- a movie, so they're definitely supposed to be together. Um, you know just, how okay go ahead no i was just gonna say i don't think it's a relationship that's made to last and, and that might be the point of the film mm-hmm. i get the feeling that if it did like if she was like okay let's go to mexico he would get bored and move on you know and she'd yeah, be maybe. stuck in mexico like whatever left because when he gets bored he'll just leave and go to the next thing and the reason why he was like oh i gotta go back and get her is because she was the one who was like Gave him left attention. him yeah she gave mm-hmm. him attention and he liked like, it they were like oh we had we had some fun in las vegas but no i have a life in california he was like a life a life what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> whatever i'm just gonna light this curtain on fire she's like okay see you later I'm like no but look at the curtain isn't it where are you going where are you going baby 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 i've got a question Mm-hmm. So Godot does this whole dismantling of actual cinema and he does mm-hmm. his whole cinema verite thing and whatever and introduces new aspects and like, look, it looks real. It looks like you are the camera and you're just watching a conversation happen and junk like that. Now, this movie has hardly any of that, probably none of that, yeah, but it, it does have these really artificial driving scenes, deliberately artificial driving scenes. Is that a budget thing, or is that like, we're going to go as fake as possible? I think that's just a reversal of the original. The original is like, on the street, handheld, like, yeah. like quote-unquote realistic. Because, like, movies can only be so realistic. Like, like that's not really a thing movies are. Um, but 
you know, like it, it's just like, what if breathless, but flip the nationality and flip the type of relationship and flip the style. So it goes from like, you know, French new wave into like full on Hollywood, like fifties Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it's got the fifties music uh, references constantly, but that might just be because the nostalgia, the, the same holdover nostalgia yeah, I mean, that was like, uh, what's that? American graffiti started, you know, uh, but well, uh, um, Jim McBride, the writer director of it, he went on to, this will shock no one. He directed the Jerry Lee Lewis movie from the eighties. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, Dennis Quaid. I was like, whoa, when I learned it, I don't know if that was a shock, but <laughs> I was like, whoa, neat. I mean, I did see it back then too, but um, the artificiality of the driving scenes was hilarious to me. It reminded me of Heart to Heart, actually, the TV show, mm. because they were still using the the cheaper. Uh, effects that they could instead of having them drive around LA or up the PCH. Uh, your sister's sister did that too in the 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah, TV still held on to these old old gimmicks because they had no means to do otherwise. Uh, so uh, Joel, it, it really felt like that. sister was a sitcom in the 90s? I know you don't, <laughs> you you don't, you don't watch comedy. mother fucker. Okay. I know what sister's sister was. <laughs> <laughs> I was a young person in the 90s. You told me you don't watch comedies, so I just want to make sure. I, that is now. Now I don't watch comedies. Okay. Now, now, saying that, I did not watch Sister, Sister. Oh, all right. But but I know the theme song. Sister, sister. Never knew how much I missed her. That's, it. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, sister, sister, like a parent trap sort of deal, like where they don't know that they're sisters. Uh, they yes, ran to I, each I other at the, at the mall. Uh, one has a dad, one has a mom. Uh, Convenient. Yeah, and I think they get together by the end of the series, but I can't remember. And I remember mm-hmm. like there are parts where like the the, the the mom has a boyfriend and the and the dad is jealous. Uh. Yeah, and and really. Uh, oh, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Well, it, it, they had like a—it wasn't a spinoff series. They got that younger brother that's like the genius. Oh uh, yeah, um, his series was like I'm a genius, uh, but I'm a little guy. kid, and I was like, shut up. Time out. No, he's top. Ta- uh, all, all their names start with T. I can't remember what his name is. Tia, Tamara, and Ta- T Bone. Not, not Taj. <laughs> T- oh man. <laughs> I remember T-Bone. Pterodactyl? <laughs> that starts with a P. Oh, no, Terrordactyl. <laughs> oh, you mean the scary version of yes. Pterodactyl? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Andrew, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's really all I wanted to, to point out. Like, that's the big thing that I, I, I kind of picked up that they were flipping it, um, especially after the fact when we did some brush up on the old... Um, the old one, which is very influential, and I can't stand its influence <laughs> even today yeah. on pedigree television, where they want to make it look sincere and realistic and important. They just wobble the camera around. Thanks. <laughs> I don't care about wobbly cameras. I hate it, actually. Give me something fake. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, a little detail I noticed. Um, you see the L.A. subway briefly, and I think this is the only movie where I've ever seen someone going through the L.A. subway. 
Hmm. You, I've definitely seen it in another movie, and I, but I cannot remember. LB, do you remember hmm. Miracle Mile if they do? No, I don't remember if they do. I, I don't do think you? they do. I don't think so either. I don't remember that LA has a subway. LA does have a subway, but I didn't know that they had a subway back then. Mm-hmm. It's it's nowhere near as expansive as like New York City or anything like that. I think it's mm-hmm. they 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 put a lot of money into um, over uh, like a rail system that was overground. Yeah, um, that thing's that thing works today. That thing goes into the Inland Empire and all that. Yeah, and it's still not nearly as good as transportation in other cities, but you know, better than nothing. Yeah. The backdrop is Los Angeles, and I was paying attention when I was watching this. Uh, it's interesting to see L.A. Uh, Repo Man does it, too, where you just see kind of oh, like yeah. crap L.A. instead mm-hmm. of Hollywood Boulevard L.A., Tourist L.A. <laughs> this is like Junkyard L.A., and it's kind of interesting. Omega Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a lot of Los Angeles, you know, and they, they clear the streets, so, but it, it feels like, you know, I, I recognize that stuff, even though there's, most of that stuff is either gone or it's just not a place you would want to hang out in anywheres. But I feel like I've got a familiarity with the parts of the city that are like, oh, that's distinctly Los Angeles as opposed to, you know, Canada or one of the other places that they pretend to be Los Angeles yeah. sometimes. Yeah, um, Drive also has uh, uses different L.A. spots. Like you see the L.A. River and Drive. Yeah, but yep. those are – Drive is very stylish, and it doesn't yeah. look like the misery that – a lot of LA is um, like Boulevard of Bo- Broken Dreams. Like when you watch Mulholland Drive and they, <laughs> he shoots downtown LA, uh, not downtown LA, Hollywood. Uh, so it's Hollywood Boulevard. There's a building where he shoots in where um, Mark Pellegrino, the assassin shoots the lady in the butt. Um, that whole scene is near where all those dudes um, dress up as comic book heroes and mm-hmm. cosplayers. It's dismal down there. It's ugly. And that's why he shot there, because that's what his movie's about, right? So uh, this this has some of that, um, mm-hmm. especially when he goes and tries to pawn the car off to that guy. Um, yeah, that's a junkyard guy who was ha- yeah. had a popsicle in a junkyard? <laughs> yeah, that guy was in uh, Police Academy 2 and 3. So yeah. I was like, where are the homeless people cutting off somebody's penis and throwing it back and forth? What's going on? <laughs> oh, like, LB, that's a reference is, is to Street Trash. No, it, oh. well, yeah, Street Trash. I think that was a New York movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's New York. Yeah, it's New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, a fun, cut off penises here in Fun Los story. I think maybe, I think perhaps... No, it was probably uh, the movie channel. So it was a Joe Bob Briggs thing. And in the 90s, he had uh, the movie channel, I think, is what he did. But I thought it was USA for the longest time until recently when I realized it was TMC. So my friends, uh, you know, conservative Christian family, they're just watching movies. They actually were less conservative about movies. But they're just changing channel, and they just left it on something. So we're all having a conversation with his family. We're kind of standing around or sitting in the living room and we're having this conversation and in the background is the scene where that dude gets his ding dong chopped (laughs) off and I'm just like I'm registering all this I'm like the only person facing the television I'm trying to get my friend's attention to look (laughs) and I can't but I'm like so it's burned into my head this keep away with this uh, dildo really 
and I'm, it's ripped off and i was like what is it? and for forever i didn't know what that movie was yeah. until uh probably like eight years ago or something yeah. I, I like that movie but i know i'm in a minority for liking that movie <laughs> it's, it's the one like body horror movie i i actually kind of like most of it is too gooey it's super gross lb you hate it you yeah, hate I, don't, I don't i don't like street it trash I, I'm telling LB that she hates. No, <laughs> this is what I'm just reminding her. Actually, cancel me some more. Andrew's Wait. the kind of guy that, like, when I say no, he just mm-hmm. keeps coming and saying, "Let's go to Mexico." Oh wow, it's yeah. true. It's true. He's, he's a real uh, breathless. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always winded. <laughs> <laughs> Too much salt um, in my diet. Uh, what do you guys think of the use of music? Because it was very aggressive and not subtle. No, LB, uh, you kind of seem to have a... Was it negative reaction? LB, uh, did you have a negative reaction? <laughs> I was sitting next to her when we were watching it. That's why I'm saying this, prompting this well, per- version. Well, I, I don't know if I would say negative so much as... Um, Perplexed. Yeah, uh, maybe perplexed, but uh, really, <sighs> there's a sort of sleaziness that goes on with the use of Jerry Lee Lewis in particular. Damn straight, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was that common ver- knowledge back then, though, was it? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean. I mean, I think everybody knew he, like, married his underage cousin, but it was just yeah. like, oh, that's one of those crazy rock and roll things. It, it's like people didn't realize, like, oh, that was actually abuse until recently, and and yeah. I guess only certain people have actually come into the idea that that, that was the case. It's like, yeah. I don't want to associate an artist with something terrible they did. Like, I, I get that, but yeah, you just because, you know, these people did gross things you you can still like look at their art and appreciate it and and yeah. still think that the man or woman is Ugh. well jerry lee lewis is a, a, an amazing uh, pianist you know or you know rock pianist like he's so good and he has like that uh, that um i don't want to say soul because you know you don't want to attribute lb have you seen the movie great balls, great of, fire? balls of fire it explains no, that he goes to the chocolate house and that's where he learned. That's what they call it. Uh, where he watches what? a bunch of black people. I, I, see, I'm like, I'm, I'm choosing my word. I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I don't want to imply. He absorbed that it, it as yeah, a child. Yeah, I don't want to imply that I don't realize this. <laughs> you know, like According I, to I understand film, that. Uh, um, Great Balls of Fire. He absorbed it by watching a bunch of black people play boogie woogie yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's um, common knowledge, right? And like, I don't want to. Um, I, I hope it's common knowledge. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't think like. Um, did did you did you guys see the movie yesterday, the Danny Boyle movie about? No, the no, that, that sounded insufferable. Honestly. I've stopped watching Danny Boyle movies until it's yeah. like Train Spotting Two, and I really like that one. But like, uh-huh. I've stopped yeah, watching good. Danny Boyle movies after. One twenty-four minute hours. One hundred twenty-seven hours. Oh. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean that Minus. movie's a dumb mess the whole time. But I one of the biggest problems in my opinion is the fact that like oh the Beatles don't exist and therefore all this cool music never happened. I'm like, excuse me, where do you think the Beatles got <laughs> the inspiration for the music yeah. they created? Yeah. But did ELO happen? 
in the meantime? ELO. ELO. I mean, disco didn't stop once again. They, they were the disco uh, Beatles. By... They were the disco Beatles. Okay, mm. so maybe their music is slightly different, but there's still <laughs> black artists all over the place who yeah. came mm. up with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so the conceit is weak, is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've. I have no real opinion of the Beatles, so I have nothing to say. The Beatles are good. It goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's I, I, all. I respect it. I, I play in the yeah. bands and shit. I know music history. But like, yeah, <laughs> they're important. I know, but I kind of don't really care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess you didn't watch Get Back. Uh, no. I kept seeing people talk about Get Back. Like, is that a new, like, Scott Atkins movie? <laughs> and then I saw the documentary by Peter Jackson, so I was like, oh, 10 hours of boring shit, not for me. Yeah. yeah. No, it's considered uh, really, really boring, even by big beetle heads. Mm. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, w- it's like it would be. Interesting view, it, right? It would suit it if it, wa- it had Scott Atkins doing some uh, mm-hmm. like head kicks, you know? Yeah, probably. I mean, he he is from the UK, so he would just in the background. Yeah, <laughs> like you you could uh, impose him there hitting a hi hat with his foot, <laughs> beating up Ringo in the background. No, not no, just in tandem. Like I said, beat him up. No, <laughs> fine, fine, <laughs> fine. It's your, it's your show. It's not mine. No. <laughs> I concede. Uh, I hated the music in this, by the way. Uh, I know we were talking to LB disliking it, but like. Mm. I, I have always hated that particular type of music. Yeah. And, Ruga hates uh, it, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just... I don't know why. It's just a... I don't like it. You don't uh, like 50s doo-wop and rock and roll? I like some of it, but, like, for instance, there there's also an, an Elvis Presley song in this, which is crazy, mm-hmm. because how much did that cost? <laughs> um, uh, I've was... never liked Elvis. Oh. And the dog agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was early 80s, so this was, I think, before music rights got really crazy. Oh. Uh, money-wise. Cause that's, like, it was before Michael Jackson bought all the the rights to a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. All, all yeah. the linen. Paul McCartney, you know. Yeah. You know, the money's where the rights are. Oh, really? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for me, the music was... That was a good impression. Uh, usually, <laughs> like, 50s rock and roll is, like, background music i don't really notice it this is the first time it was like cool and interesting to me like i was actually into it this time and like for something to make music that i usually just uh ignore uh like cool this was Mm -hmm. like like that that, like that really pushed this movie over until like i actually really like this movie the energy Mm -hmm. and everything is like kind of chaotic and it takes a you know like a, an important movie, but like makes it fun and accessible. Hmm. I really like it too. I used to when when I lived in Nashville. I was uh, I worked snob. at <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have firsthand experience with that, LB. You were a snob. Yeah, okay, fine. But I worked at a place called Bobby's Dairy Dip, which is a like, right. hamburger ice cream stand type of thing. Don't be modest. You ran the joint. <laughs> okay, fine. But uh it's was built in nineteen fifty two. So, um it's it was, it was in Gummo. Y- yeah, for a second. 
It was in yeah. the, the briefly featured the back the back entrance in the movie Gummo where Amazing. The, where the uh the scene with the the lady with the white hair um she's just I don't know rolling she's, around or whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> no that, one's going to get me to watch Gummo unless <laughs> I'm on a podcast talking about it. That's the only way I'm going to watch that movie. I don't like it. I really don't like yeah, it. Like I don't particularly care for Harmony. Like he's he's a Nashville boy, but like I just, Oh. I feel I sorry for you. I don't really care. <laughs> I like a couple of his movies. Yeah, but, like, uh, he's an interesting trash art. humpers. He's no, an interesting artist, but humpers. like in interviews, I find him to be insufferable. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, he's in this. He's in a documentary that's pretty good on on black metal, because uh, I, oh. I didn't know he's a, he's a big black metal fan. But his parts are like, can we just cut to like the Nazis who murdered people? I don't want to hear from Barney Corrin. <laughs> this is this, so fucking annoying. Uh, a lot of my friends in Nashville, like, they went to high school with him and stuff, and they're like, ugh. <laughs> He's so gross. But it, anyway, I don't have to, I don't have to, like, gossip about Harmony. Well, but, Bobby's Dairy Dip. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bobby's Dairy Dip. So, um, since it was from the 50s, like, we, it was styled that way forever. It's, like, locked in time. So we, You know, we, even had a standee that was, it's made out of plywood, but uh-huh. they painted on it. Uh, the waitress on the poster of American Graffiti. That's a, that was on the side of the building for how how long since you were working there, right? Yeah. I mean, that was an addition later, but yeah, because uh, that movie wasn't out in 1952. No, of course. But I mean, <laughs> but that was before you started working there. Was that there, or did they do yeah. that afterward? Okay. So that was them leaning into the nostalgia of yes, it all. yes. But it was an authentic place. So we. We, um, or I did most of this in the 10 years I was there. I, like, really, really um, tried to collect as much 50s and 60s music as possible to, like, play. Um, because, you know, there are places like Johnny Rockets or whatever that play oldies or whatever, and it's just, like, Duke of Earl, like, every 45 minutes. You know, like, so, but there's so much music what I'm trying to say is there's so much music from, from back then that is amazing and obscure and, like, you can, I mean, you can go forever being a collector of the this type of music. So, like, I have sort of maybe a bigger knowledge of that sort of um, uh, musical output than, you know... A, maybe a common person that's i'm not trying to sound like a snob but like um like i said i'll be yeah Nashville. i mean like the average like the average person yeah right? yeah 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 so, commoners commoners yeah <laughs> our podcast like you, come on so <laughs> we, we had a hamburger called the Sacre Blue. It was a blue cheeseburger. It was my favorite. Um, it was my favorite. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. But that's that's it, it, oh, really dairy good. and gluten. I can't eat that. Oh, take a take a milk pill. <laughs> Not worth that's it. I do. Oh, yeah. Take one of them milk pills, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I got a tender belly. So the the music that they used in Breathless, like, is kind of off-putting to me because it's like kind of ubiquitous you know and and the way it's used with the character um is like i said before sleazy it like it feels sleazy because he's a sleazy dude and 
like I I don't know. It's just like it has this sort of like negativity in it for me, which is so strange because that music isn't necessarily negative. It, yeah. You know, it's it's rock and roll, man. It's supposed to be free and cool and whatever, but like yeah. um for some reason it's just doesn't feel right the way they used it. Hmm. Um and I don't know if it would be the same if they used something that wasn't Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm. Uh, is environmental in a very in a handful of scenes, right? Otherwise, it's just regular soundtrack stuff bumping over the yeah mm-hmm. scenes. I like the environmental scenes, like when he looks and he I, like puts a tape in or says like what's what's he got in the car, and it implies that he's putting on something in the car that he just stole, mm-hmm. and it, then it's a Jerry Lee Lewis song. I like the interaction stuff when she puts on a record, and then in, I really like that in. in incidental or environmental music that happens as you're passing by mm-hmm. i guess i don't like cinema verite where the camera's moving around like it's hooked up to people but i do like the environmental cinema verite sort of you like diegetic sound as opposed yeah. to you know, yeah, things I, like that. yeah yeah i totally get that too like, and, but i also like it breaking into this the rest of the scenes that don't have i like it starting in a scene where it's right. on a jukebox or something, and it's, and then then it actually becomes part of the film yeah. uh, soundtrack. Right, that is one of my favorite things that happens in movies. It's cool, even when it's a song that like I'm not into. I always yeah, I always appreciate that. Like, yeah. it's kind of in the background. It's kind of clever. Of it's like the yeah. scene is like coordinated to it. Kind yeah, of. it's glue. It's kind of like a glue. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Uh, that's uh, how. That's what I like about how the music was used in the movie. Uh, also, my favorite character actor, my my fa- might be one of my favorite actors ever. Actually, Dick up. Miller. <laughs> He's not in this. Walter Paisley. <laughs> uh, Joel, you don't know what I'm talking about. Do uh, I? Hold on, I'm looking. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's see. His I don't. name. He should be. Uh, LB. Do you know? Have James Hong. Yes. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Star yeah, of the Vineyard. Yes, that is mm-hmm. kind of a Walter Paisley type role, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. James Hong, like my, like this, I I love every time he shows up and stuff. It's always a surprise usually, and every time it's like that was surprising. Oh. It's like fuck yes, <laughs> I, I am so happy now. <laughs> yeah, I have that that DVD uh, or the Blu-ray of the Vineyard that they released uh, a couple years ago now. And uh, he's on there with uh, an- another person who I think was a stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. He might have also been in the movie, but him interviewing and talking about even this movie, which or the Vineyard, which was a personal project of his because he directed it and starred in it, and co-wrote uh, it, I think. He's just so delightful, like talking about like oh, growing up in Canada, like uh, watching cartoons, and he does this perfect Elmer Fudd impersonation. <laughs> I was like, I love this man. <laughs> what do I? Did you ever see the movie that he did called Singapore Sling with uh, Shannon Tweed? Mm-mm. He directed it, and it seems to be one that uh, has actual humpy humpy, rubby rubby, bumpy bumpy going on in it. Oh, um, interesting. What is it? What? It's called Singapore Sling. Go look somebody it up. Wa- somebody washes a car? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> oh, cool. Exactly that. But it's in not, a bed. It's not the Singapore with, Sling that I like. Yes, though. it's not that one. It came out later. Mm. Um, Singapore Sling by Masteros. What? Elby? Nikos. Um, oh, shit. Nicolaitis. Nikos Nicolaitis. Not that one. That's the actual Singapore Sling. This one is, mm-hmm. has two titles, but you can find it as Singapore Sling. Mm-hmm. But I've always wanted to ask him, like, 
did you really direct it like that on purpose, or did these actors get carried away? <laughs> yeah, ad living. Yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, that's maybe the best type of ad living, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like I, I'm not one for like uh, nerd con stuff, but he goes to those a lot, and he's like kind of the one person I would pay like fifty bucks for a picture and a <laughs> autograph for. Like it, for sure, it is a very short list of like Sid Haig and him and like Cynthia Rothrock and that's kind of about it and Sid Haig is dead unfortunately and Richard Gere, and Richard Gere. <laughs> no what kind oh, of convention on. would Richard Gere be at I don't know uh, something that had to do with the what's that director that uh, Gary Marshall Gary Marshall uh, okay like, yeah maybe thing. maybe I don't know yeah and that would be a bridal shower though <laughs> <laughs> runaway bride that was the one that we said right oh yeah yeah, but uh, yeah, like this James song is one of those people that like, I feel like he would have had a different career. Like, it, like I think he's definitely on par with like Harry Dean Stanton of like this mm. great character actors, but he's Asian, and since yeah. James Hong yeah. is Asian, he's never got the same because like, you know. typecasting. Yeah. Uh, is it though? He 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 does so many different various roles so he's a character actor and he's not yeah. just typecast as the asian guy and, and this movie wasn't the asian guy no but he was like, just a store clerk but um but he, but he goes, go through his like his, like his most famous for stuff is like seinfeld where he's like the chinese he, he's the um the, the famous what was the joke from it cartwright cartwright that's it and he's mm-hmm. in like uh my name is Costanza, <laughs> and he's in uh, Chinatown as like the the, the butler. Like he, it's a lot of, like these little, like or or old Asian man at this point because that's what he kind of stuck with now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems to be a lot of it. Just like we need an Asian guy. Let's get him. But like mm-hmm. he's also funny and he leans yeah. into that. So yep, he's talented in 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 humor. So like Wayne's World two, he's perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only good thing in that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite scene in that movie. <clears throat> and that that I mean that part is that part is racist. I don't care. Like the the whole Well, yeah. isn't that the joke? Stereotyping this stuff so yeah. hard to make it I mean but, it's but, it's as much a joke as it is when it, Family Guy does it. And do you think it's not racist when Family Guy does it? I don't uh, watch Family Guy. I just exactly. think, I just yeah. think that all the jokes in the Family Guy are are non-jokes. Just assume. Yeah, but <laughs> it, isn't Tia Carrera like Hawaiian and, and like Filipino and not even Chinese? Right. So that's right. that's with that. Yeah. Um, just like a Hellboy, how dare a white man play a Japanese character? Let's get a Korean to play him. That's what they did with the latest Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't watch no martial stuff anymore. It's disappointment at this point. What? I love Neil Marshall. Uh, Sorry. It's fine. You like what you like. It's just, <laughs> for me, he's kind of like, after Descent, it just hasn't really been... I'm always just, I'm always let down by it, no matter what, really. Did you see the last one? He, well, you probably didn't, but the last one he made, there's like a lady who has sex with a demon. Uh, if, uh, if that like helps you at all. Uh, yeah, that actually, <laughs> I'll try to find an article about that whole, that actress and 
Neil Marshall and it's I'm a story. That's a story. That's yeah. a Hollywood backstory. Like wow. I got to figure out what that article is though. I'll find it. Right. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, is this is this Hollywood Babylon podcast because <laughs> <coughs> I heard Richard Gere put an entire gerbil up his ass. Oh, I didn't, that wasn't in Hollywood Babylon. Never mind. <laughs> it could be modern Hollywood Babylon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from James Hong, I wanted to say this whole movie was full of like people I didn't recognize or people I very very casually was like oh I think I've seen you and then all of a sudden James Hong for the one minute scene I was like oh there's a movie star <laughs> yes but um for me I like I also love the way it's shot because like it's just so like it, ex- it explodes off the screen and they're like there's sp- specific scenes that like uh, in the pool where they're cutting but between her and the pool and like she make and it's her and like I think the red bathing suit and the you know, like blue water and cut to him and it's like him shirtless and it's like this blinding white light behind him and it, this contrast between the two is just like 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 I, I was sitting there like this is cinema I just love how how everything is composed and put together and like it just it's so for, for me so visually appealing and like on every level. Yeah, I like his pants. I like the pants that he wears in this movie. The green ones in particular with the, the stripe on the side. The they're LB's like new golf pants though. I'm like, I would you would you would like me in those pants, LB. I have a nice butt, everybody on the internet. So uh oh. he oh. has uh you were you were saying those, we didn't have our cameras on earlier and yes yeah, that's, that's see now I now I'm disappointed. Right. <laughs> Pixar it didn't happen, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Not to brag, what I've been told at, at one of my jobs before, I overheard people talking about the people the biggest butts, and they mentioned me. Biggest. Big. Yeah, that just I'm, means I'm, you have a huge ass. I'm just saying that. nice. <laughs> I'm saying nice. I do. It's it's uh, yeah, legendary. And, and for a record, it made me feel very weird overhearing that. Oh, absolutely. Oh. That should. Yeah. Um, even if it's nice or whatever and you overhear that that's true it's weird to hear that and you're like hey now i'm a human being not a piece of meat i am a male model not a male prostitute <laughs> i am a meat popsicle okay that's too many references <laughs> get a life is what i did and you did uh, fifth element that's correct and yeah anyway but the pants are really cool and i want them his his green uh check plaid plaid. i guess uh those are uh, on on urban streetwear that's called check lb check yes urban streetwear sites yeah where he comes out of the uh secondhand clothes store and he like removes the uh, steel toes from the shoes and gives them to that kid and that kid is like wow thanks i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna do with that i guess you're gonna be excited what do you guys think of his his pink like pirate shirt he's wearing no no, no ruffles, anything. <laughs> Thank you. Go away. I think it's fine. Because um, you like Seinfeld, Elby. That's why. <laughs> not, well, that's that's, that's another thing. thing that makes him sleazy. Is that shirt? Like he has a sort of He's like introduced with gross it. Vegas, <laughs> like old Vegas yeah. look. Yeah. So. Lounge yeah. wizard. Hmm. Maybe that's why I don't like his pants either. Mm. I don't uh, care I, for those pants. Sorry. 
they, he, they the way cool. he wears them is is not like I mean those are the kind of pants you would see and you're like those, those are gross golfers pants and yeah. why would you wear them but when he he like gets out of the store you know with his white shirt and suspenders and then these these outrageous pants he like does a turn and like shakes his butt in the mirror and it's yeah. like he reminded me of made myself them work <laughs> yeah what a weirdo <laughs> says, there's a little punk edge to him uh, in that and I was like yeah cool because he, he wears a studded belt. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, like, 20 years ago, high school area, there, when there would be people that would just wear something that was, like, ugly. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, they stand out. And yeah. Feel, like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because you, you want to, in high school, you want to stand out. Right. Mm. But he his high school mentality no, is super terrible. irritating as yeah. an adult. Yeah. <laughs> no, in high school, I did that, but not on purpose. None of that was on purpose. It was because I had no concept of fashion. Um, and, and your mother made your clothes. Okay. Here's oh, a tangent. Nice. Small tangent. My mom <laughs> made my clothes. Now, she made jammies in the mid early early 90s. He had the long board shorts sort of things, but they were called jammies because they were thin-legged and weren't like elephant trunk size. Anyway, they came down to your knee. And Mm -hmm. they often had uh, a big block trim at the bottom of it. So this was black trim at the bottom, like two and a half inches of black trim. And the rest was green and black plaid. And she made a matching semi-sleeveless shirt, like quarter sleeve. And she insisted... Like they're good. They're good. It's a good shirt if I'm wearing it with jeans shorts. It's a good shorts if I'm wearing it with a t-shirt. Not together. But she insisted as me as a teenager that I wear it that way and I was so naive. Yeah, wear it as a set. And I was so naive and not with it that I didn't like pack a shirt in my bag to go to school. I just went to school and kids saw me wearing a full green outfit like this and they from that point on they called me Jolly because I'm the giant. So jo- hey, Jolly. Also I always smiled and everything, like that's a bad thing, but hey Jolly. And so I was picked on because of that outfit. Yeah. I but I accidentally dressed like a weirdo and stood out and I didn't mean to. I'm glad we're working through some real trauma this episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, this, sticks this, around. Was, this was all a setup just to yeah. talk about yes. the trauma. Some, some strange kind of intervention. <laughs> you're you're good enough, and you don't need to prove anything to anyone. Yeah, uh, well, I'll be messaged. Now show us that butt. <laughs> I'll be messaging me a few weeks ago about this, and this was, you know, this all all lead into that. Mm. Thanks a lot, LB. You're yeah, I'm actually a professional. <laughs> the psychiatrist. And I've got a bunch of pills that I've written up for you. They have nothing to do with your condition. I just oh. thought you would like them. Oh. Are they placebo sugar pills? Because I like sweets. Mm-hmm. All right. Sweets. Uh, all right. They all come from C's candy. Andrew does have a nice butt. I just have to chime in and say that. Oh, very good. I was making a joke about it, but the truth is the truth. <sighs> I was being the butt. Of a, uh, of, yep. a, of a joke. Does Richard Gere have a nice butt? Uh, I, in those pants yeah. is what I'm saying. Yes. I would say so. In yeah. those pants particularly. Richard Gere's physique in this film is kind of like the perfect man, I have to Which say. Which I pointed out, that's the kind of physique I want. It, yeah, because he's Years not... ago, it passed me by, so now I'm like... <laughs> like, he's fit. He's fit, but he's not ripped. He's, yeah, he's not like buff. Yeah, so that's that's kind of... That's, Everything's that's, just like the sweet spot. He's nice. He's got good shoulders. 
good arms. Mm -hmm. His abs are nice, but they're slightly toned, but they're not. He's not Bruce Lee about it. Hmm. I just imagine Quentin Tarantino like going out on the town trying to pretend that he's this character with his hair slicked up. And it's like, <laughs> hey guys, look at my body. Oh, like, uh, wearing a pirate shirt in the green pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got the role in Destiny's uh, Turns on the Radio. By the way, your rentals are overdue. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Good p pause intonation there. Yeah. That was really. I really felt like that was Quentin talking to us. <laughs> the spirit of Quentin Tarantino. I know. All right. Um, Is he so dead? No, no. It's just a spirit because he like he's astral no, projection. <laughs> and he possesses uh, people from time to time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joel. So you don't like Jean Paul Belmondo character, and you don't like. True. This character, who who's more of a fuckboy? Like who who's the worst one? Wait, what does that mean? Fuckboy. Yeah, I'm naive and I don't really know what that means. My, my understanding is like kind of like uh like the like the broiest of like kind of like the bro type. Oh, they're just into boning. Yeah. They're not very complicated when it comes to intellectual yeah, the, things, and not not that anyone needs to be. But they they almost wear their ignorance like a badge, like oh I don't care about that kind of stuff. Come on. And they're just into boning, trying to get right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they think they you know they'll be like I'm a handsome man I can get away with this stuff. And they're usually right. See my problem is that rent boy means like male prostitute, and mm -hmm. so the That's boy. The, yeah, okay, that. So maybe I'm confused in all oh. kinds of ways. It doesn't matter, but J-Dog. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Joking. Uh, okay, Joking. So who do you like? The Who is the more, like, the, the worst character? Jean-Paul Bombando in original or Richard Gere in remake? We get way more of an idea of how um, Richard Gere's version, like, thinks, even though... You know, it's all chaos and stuff like that. When it comes to Bill Mondo, it's almost like he's just like a bored doofus, and is like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna go commit a crime, and then I want you to, I want you to admit you love me." And she's like, "Ah, uh, no, but we can hang out if you want." But I love you, you know. But there's something more pathetic. I mean, they're both. That's the thing. They're both pathetic. I have empathy for Richard Gear character. Richard Gear's character because it seems like. He's, you know, he's so irritable that nobody can stand to be around him. So he doesn't have a place to call his home. He doesn't have a place he can be safe at. Like, he has to, like, live in this chaos. Like, even when he's driving from Vegas in the beginning of the movie, like, he's riding that, like, high of stealing a car and, and, and whatever else. And it's like, no, no, it's starting to come down, you know. So he starts, he puts in the tapes and, and finds that Jerry Lee Lewis garbage he likes and uh, not, not that the music's garbage, I just, you know what I mean, I don't like it. Um, and the, so what, what I'm getting at is because he's the main character in the, this version of Breathless, I have more empathy for him hmm. than I do for John Paul, Bel John Paul Belmondo in the original. If only this was uh, procured in the 20th Century Fox merger with Disney, we could probably have one of those sympathetic villain movies by now. Uh, they'd have to <laughs> gender reverse it, though. But, um, yeah, like, what's... How did he come about before... It's a prequel. It would have to be a prequel. How did he become this crappy man? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the problem I have the problem with prequels is is we have enough evidence to blame our parents for everything already, and yeah. it's it's more prequels are like, oh, your parents were fucked up. Like, yeah, we know we're all fucked. Everybody up. Everybody has a serial killer origin story. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, uh, so, you know, this person was abusive or whatever, or maybe they were just normal. Yeah. But it still starts with them, and it's still the same template story. We're all serial killer stories. Okay, well yep. let's let's get Rob Zombie to do the prequel to Breathless. It's oh, called Breath, good, yeah. though. That's what it's called. <laughs> Breath. It's before you ran out. Yeah. 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 Well, That's I don't. What I was getting um, at the whole time is to make that dumb joke. I think probably Richard Gere is more of a fuck boy if we're going to use that terminology. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jean Paul does not say "show me your tits." <laughs> so. any, while she's wearing a sheer bathing suit yeah anyway. which is hilarious like you can definitely see her tits and I would venture to say her tits look better in the bathing suit you I, mean I, I, out of the bathing I'm, suit I'm saying, I'm saying that bathing suit accessorized yeah it, it looked really her, good. her uh, <laughs> chest as opposed to her looking features. better than because there were plenty of other scenes in which <laughs> they were on full display and hi how you doing you know yeah, i mean i guess i just for a one piece that looked really great yeah that's a say. good one piece yeah lb's a bikini girl see she I wears am. she wears the bikini tops triangles All the yeah time. me too yeah. she wears them as bras, they're comfortable though. right it's they're better comfortable. better bra better than bra <laughs> well, like if you try to move as one unit with a one piece like everything has to shift in a way mm-hmm. and if it gets out you gotta mm-hmm. re-tuck so at least you know with the bikini top I, I only gotta put everything back into place in one area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true yeah. true mm-hmm. that's very thoughtful oh my god people are gonna start thinking I wear bikini tops please <laughs> erase this podcast hey Pixar it didn't happen yeah oh <laughs> there yeah. we go yeah, I mean, there like, we go it goes without saying, like, you know, the you know, Valerie Kaprinsky? Is that her name? I have it yep. had somewhere. Like Kelly yeah. Kapowski. <laughs> no. Yeah, like, she's gorgeous, obviously. And, yeah. like, I, I don't want to just turn us and be like, yeah, you, you see her you you're naked. <laughs> right. That's that's what we are all, all. I believe all four of us are actively trying to avoid being like. That was a hot lady. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I already canceled myself earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's, I appreciate that. I, I wanted to get that out of the way I mean, there, but, it, it's but known, here we are. It, it's well known. Like, I, I love like you know like classic Pretty hardcore and uh, like softcore and like Russ Meyer stuff. So like, uh, everyone knows I'm a perv already. So I don't feel like I need to re- reinforce that. I don't think of you as a pervert. I think of you as, as an aficionado, okay. a connoisseur. Yeah. No, he's not that good. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm just kidding. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, we've so had other. We... Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, go go ahead. <laughs> we have other people on who who have like done commentaries on like vinegar syndrome, uh, porn releases. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't own any of those. I mean, oh. no. Um, I have one, and there are some others I'm on the fence of, but because of, because of people on it. Like yeah. what? The hardest you've got, I think, is and we haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. Anti porno and uh, Cosi Fantuti. We've seen all ladies do it. Uh, no. Tinto Bras. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, that that sort of thing. But like, no, no. we're. Uh, I think there's a certain vinegar syndrome thing. Um, yeah. I think they they swing too hard in that direction instead of just finding cool hidden gems. They they do the, a lot of. Um, 
which is ironic mm-hmm. because the climate of the world too today where they're like look sleaze porno sleaze sleaze porno 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 take us seriously some are great like it's hot and saucy pizza girls is a good fun one it's like a sex it comedy sounds fun and then there's like <laughs> hardcore stuff and it's like oh this like it's actually well made uh well well made there is yeah. it it's it's <laughs> Is it yes. French though? I mean, because no, French can't it's American. Be. It has fucking uh, Harry, uh, <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, uh, Harry, Harry Reams. Reams. Yeah, yeah, no, Harry no, no. I, I wouldn't. I'm, Wait, I'm familiar with some of this stuff. Have you ever heard, heard of a website called Cinemageddon? Uh, no. Wait, yes. It's yeah, yeah Cinemageddon.net. It's it's a torrent site, but it's uh, you got to be a member and whoa. And it's a bunch of stuff that Vinegar Syndrome. The, all the Vinegar Syndrome guys are on there. That's where they find a lot of their titles that they exist, yeah, and then I, they go and they. I know hunt a few people who are on there who like want to ask me members, uh, be a member on, but I kind of don't want to bother them because I don't know them that well. I don't have any more invites because I got rid of them a long time ago, uh-huh. and they don't give you more. Otherwise, I would invite you. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but that's where you find a bunch of junk and schlock. So I'm familiar with all this junk and schlock, which is why I know I don't like most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, fair. Uh, I'm talking about the sleaze stuff. Oh. I uh, think we should watch more porn, Andrew. Every time I suggest it, I'm joking. <laughs> watch him you like, say no. <laughs> watch him like Radley, Radley Metzger. He did some cool stuff. Okay. Uh, Licorice I'm just going to rewatch Lawnmower Man. Okay. Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Cause I, like my, I like my hot sex in, in cyberspace. Like, like <laughs> T-1000 figures, yeah. Well, the cutting image? What, what was that? That, um, that, that uh, video... Beyond the Mind's Eye? Yeah, the Mind's Eye. What was that uh, series called? It was called something image. Sharper oh. Image. That's it. Oh. Sharper Image video series. Uh, but it's sex, Albie. That's... Okay. It's not e it's not N. that horny or good looking or anything. It's just a bunch of shiny armatures. You speak for yourself. <laughs> you, you like anatomically incorrect uh, posing like artist dolls. Oh. Anyway, made out of wood, but in this case it's uh, virtual reality. Well that yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah, Martin Kessler has a secret tour Twitter account. That kind of figured oh. it was him pretty quickly of like uh, softcore and hardcore gifts oh. i forgot what it's called but uh it, it t- didn't take long to figure out it was him <laughs> behind it <laughs> so you've just outed your friend no he posted a picture of him with like a uh, erotic like nude model on it like a uh, oh, like okay. a week or two ago <laughs> okay what what makes this movie better than the original, in your opinion, Spencer? Oh, uh, we should talk about porn some more. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me. I mean, the... there's sort of that in here, right? The shower scene. Yeah. It's yeah. De- I mean, it's definitely way more graphic than I was expecting. Uh, for me, it's, it's just the energy has like it's it's chaotic. It feels like um daisies, kind of like and just like it just keeps oh. going and keeps going, and it's like you don't know. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but, like, it just felt, like, unpredictable, even though I knew exactly what what was going to happen. It's non- like, this one compared to Breathless, which feels like it's got a lot of, like, 
in between walking scenes and stuff like that. I do feel like I was interested the whole time because I, I didn't know what this chaotic idiot was going to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and original, whether I liked it or not. In original, like it, it it's it, it also kind of has that like, it's not 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 at most extreme, but it still has that like we're going to talk about philosophy type of feel where sometimes it's interesting. Yeah, and sometimes I'm like, I don't fucking care about like Balzac <laughs> or like the like how Catholics. Or I should feel about philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every like with so many of those movies, like I mean, in in the original Breathless, she goes to the interview of this guy who's just released his latest philosophy book, and I'm like, really? This many reporters are like, oh, you you've just released this philosophy book. Was we it we need to get. Um, no, it was well. It is was... that the guy that's in the movie? Oh, the no. guy in the movie in the original that she interviews is um. Melville. He's a director, right? Yeah, M- Melville. Yeah. And he's playing like a real jackass. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure he was probably that in real life. <laughs> well, that was a thing back then, though. Like, in the 60s, at least, you know, I don't know about in France, but I feel like France would be even more so because, you know, they're all cultured and shit. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, in America, even, like, in the 60s, you know, on fucking Johnny Carson's having philosophers on the Tonight Show and um, you know that kind of thing was entertainment for people like uh, when the people Dick Cavett at- show well the Dick Cavett um, the Dick Cavett show had all kinds of philosophers yeah, and intellectuals yeah. on yeah I mean like I said Carson had them on the Tonight Show you know there was um, there was Snyder. a week yeah there was a week where you know how like uh, the, they would they used to have like guest hosts on mm-hmm. the Tonight Show like whenever the yep. the main guy was out like like um, uh, Sidney Poitier like hosted the Tonight Show for a week and it was just like nonstop like cultural philosophers intellectuals yeah, yeah so I mean that that's like to talk to that's cool like that was a thing back in the sixties you know like before we became. Well, like Mass- Playboy was also stupid. that. Playboy right, yes, yes, was there's that. Like, so where po- a bunch of rubes and bumpkins got right. their smarts from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, back then, like, people were willing to, like, think about, like, thoughts and, you know, ideas and, and, yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, I like, mean, I can see that being, like, relevant to the time. But, like, yeah. now I watch that, like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't care. I'm not anti, like reading and stuff it's just like yeah yeah those, those movies present it sometimes in a way where it's like i didn't go to college and get a phd in philosophy and you're not doing a good mm-hmm. job of explaining like yeah the, what like like you're, you're assuming far too much on your half well yeah, that's that's true and you know i mean so it's like the matrix versus the rest of the matrix <laughs> so the matrix is does a very good job at introducing us to certain ideas mm-hmm. in philosophy and religion and, and theology and then the matrix two three and the newest one go about um making all of that unappealing all of it so yeah I, that's uh so Breathless 83 is the first Matrix in this analogy. Mm-hmm. Can, I, <laughs> can I just correct myself really quickly? Mm-hmm. And 
I said Sidney Poitier, which Who I actually, was it? it was actually Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. Oh. Yeah, sorry. That's I mean, cool. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sure they'd get the same cast. They were, they're kind of like the same person. <laughs> yeah, they kind of yeah. overlap. <laughs> Are you saying all look the same? Because no. <laughs> no, I, no. I mean, they're both from the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pictures of those two guys hanging out together. So right, all that, right. That's Good. me just saying the wrong thing. Yeah. No, no. I, I don't think you're a racist, Elvie. No, I was calling. <laughs> I was saying that to Spencer, not Elvie. <laughs> I liked back uh, when uh, Denzel Washington was on in the '60s. He used to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's great. He was a kid. <laughs> I, I think that's why philosophy is so unappealing to me in general is like in because now the you've kind of like put in this puzzle piece like in the 60s and probably you know into later times people were still thinking these mind-stretching ideas were things that people needed to to experience and like it was probably integrated into like education in general and definitely you know you were talking about the matrix all, all kinds of different tv shows yeah. and, and, um, and movies in it like just like casual talk without yeah, uh, without referencing yeah. the original you know uh philosopher that came up with the concept yeah, but, uh, uh and to my uh, a friend of a show and i guess sort of friend uh and uh internet ways uh he, when he went to high school like philosophy was a part of curriculum and so, like, he knows about a lot about philosophy stuff, but it also, like, he kind of had what had to learn it in school, where, like, mm-hmm. he, well, he went to school in New York City, which is, like, different than mm-hmm. all of us, and philosophy definitely was not a part of uh, school for me at any point where it was necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't do drugs in high school, so it never came up. <laughs> I didn't do drugs ever, but I'm still, like... I'm still on YouTube checking out philosophy junk. Andrew, I may I make? Can I make a recommendation for you? You, you want me to do drugs? That's what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, every everybody wants to see me do, drunk or doing drugs of some sort. And no, no, no. It's not because I I want you to be. They want to see what I'll do because I'm so square. They want to see I, me loose. I never used to do any sort of intoxication thing and like the amount of stress in my life. And then like when I finally relented, I was like, oh, my God, why, you know, why didn't I do this before? And and I don't I don't think that is going to be a universal experience for anybody. But I I do think that the general fear around, uh, you know, anything that's quote unquote illegal is kind of a detrimental to individual experience altogether. And that's why I think that Bubba Bubba Breathless is a better movie than the original. Wait, what? <laughs> it depends where you live, though. Yeah. L- laws in Delaware are. Oh yeah, mur- they execute you there. Yeah, murky. With, it's t- it's medically legal here, but most jobs still you know drug test you. So it's like then what's the point of having it medically? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's. It's not like people get tested for alcohol. I know. Yeah. Well, you could be a full-on alcoholic, but who's going to know if you're not right. doing it at work? Yeah. And before we get, before we wrap up, uh, this is a little thought experiment, which I should have mentioned earlier, but, you know, we went off rails, but who cares? Um, uh, if this was remade now, who do you think should be, like, the the hot, dumb guy? Tom Holland. Been? Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in everything. What's, what's that guy I was saying that... Um, 
look like the gorillas come to life. Oh, uh, Pete Davidson? Yes, Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh, what? God. That's uh, interesting. The gorillas come to life. Hmm. He does kind of. kind of looks like 2D. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, he look. He looks. Yeah, I mean, like the whole like him being like the uh, a fuck guy would fit. Would um, fit. I think Kyle Gallner. Who is he? That name Have you seen the name. latest Scream? Have you seen that no. yet? Okay, he's in that. He's in a lot of stuff, but he was in uh, the Tom and Huck movie uh, called you mean from, from Band the of Robbers. No, it's called oh. Band of Robbers. Uh, it's by the Knee Brothers. It's a really great movie. Really great heist movie. Mm. Um, stars Aaron Knee, him, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Hannibal Burgess. They're all in that. He plays Huck, and he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool dude. He's in this movie called um, Dinner in a Dinner in America. It is released in the UK. I don't know why it's not released over here, but it's a punk rock film, and he's great in it. Oh, I think dude, he's, I think he's the main uh, white guy in um, Dear White People. Is he? Is he? Yeah, he's in Dear White People. The show or the movie? The movie. He's in the movie. He's in Red State. Uh, yeah, Dear White People, the movie. Yeah, yeah he is. Oh, yeah, he's a, okay. He has. I, I have thoughts on one scene. That he's he, he's one that does the uh, the monologue, of like. What is it? Where he's like, uh, where he's reading the letter about the black party. He's like, I'm going to say it, nigger, nigger, nigger. And it's like, okay, okay, buddy. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Good for you. But, well, busting VO. And it's like, if you're, uh, anyway, the movie felt like it was trying to be confrontational. It's like, you're trying. Yeah, like, I, it, I didn't like that movie because it was. The, yeah, that's the problem with it. Yeah, but it's like, if you're going to do the, the bamboozled thing, you have to say it to a black person in the scene. Because it happens in yeah. Bamboozle. You have to be actually confrontational about it. Right. Yes. Right. So, uh, that actor, I think, is a very good actor. I haven't... I didn't finish Dear White People, to be honest. Um, because it was really confrontational. Um, and I just didn't want to just feel like I was being told stuff about me that it ain't true. Because it ain't true about me. It's not that great. It's more interesting than good. <laughs> Andrew uh, Garfield. Uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield. Would, he would be good. Yeah, he'd be good. Es- yeah, especially since like uh, Under the Silver Lake, uh, he's mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. a, a crap character. <laughs> like, yeah, but but he would have to be Dirt a lot bag. more. Yeah, he would have to be a lot more actively like that than in Silver Lake. Silver Lake, he's mm. just super coasty. Mm. Um, yeah. like he's got wheels on the bottom of his feet. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't know who would be like, like if you ever remade it, then have to be like a friend, or maybe like switch to like a different nationality. I don't know, but like for an actress, I I, I can't really think of any one because the the female part is usually not that interesting in these. Make it make it a gay yeah. story. Yeah, could do that too. Make yeah. it make it to make you know this the idea of like this, I don't know. Uh, it's it's too late to make it in, uh, the kind of gay story that like would follow directly the version of Breathless that we were talking about, because it's it's not shocking for two men to be together yeah. in this mm-hmm. era. But like if we went back to like you know the early '90s or something like that, that's I could see somebody doing this, to, like oh you, you step away from your life, like, all right, so Will Smith freedom the way you want to or whatever. 
I said Will, Will Smith. Smith. Yeah, because six degrees, he played a gay guy in that. Yeah. Hmm. He was gay in that? Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, he refused to kiss a dude, but yeah, hmm. they had to nope. fake it. I remember when Will Smith said, like, a few months ago, he used to fuck so much, he would vomit after he'd come. Oh, that's what? awesome. He, he said that in an interview, like, a, like yeah, in November. And it's like, are you trying to flex? I don't... Is he that, is he Schwarzeneggering where he's like I'm coming at home I'm coming at the gym and I'm coming at home. Like, that's gross. I don't want to hear about that. It's Will Smith, don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. It's too weird. If, if we can't. Uh, okay. <sighs> to do the, uh, uh, the person doing the remake, I think we should have. Greg Araki's <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Uh, and the music would be all 90s shoegaze and uh, oh, yeah. har- harder alternative stuff. Uh, who's the guy you guys like who did um, Bodied and the Twins? Oh, uh, yeah. Joseph, Joseph Kahn. Kahn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If he hmm. it would be a, He hmm. would do uh, Asian cast. That would be cool. James Hong. Yeah, <laughs> James, James, James John is reprising his role. As he could as be the the junkyard guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Hmm. That yeah. would be cool. All right. Uh, uh, wait, uh, uh, can I can I ask uh, Spencer? I asked you. I know you like it. What, I don't think we got a clear answer from uh, LB and from Andrew. Mm-hmm. What? How do you guys actually feel about the movie in general? LB, I like it. I d- I do like it. I don't. Um... <sighs> Over uh, yeah okay overall I do like it there are things that I think that could be improved, but um it, like the the lady character is not much of a character, but uh, other than that yeah I think it's cool um it's uh it's got life I'll say that I used to have a podcast called What Did We Just Watch you can still find it out there if you wanted to hear this stuff but it's about all about weird movies and it's one movie a podcast one movie an episode but we never really tiptoed towards this kind of uh i guess set in reality story but all throughout watching it i was like what are what is what what because of how frantic the character is some of the direction like the artificial driving uh backdrops and, and stuff like this the story beats are just zany and strange especially how he is and so i would definitely have featured it on Mm. that show it would have been a breath of fresh air because most of the stuff is like super strange or b-movie junk but it has to be a strange movie is it safe to say you guys like this more than the original oh yeah definitely yeah for me anyway i would yeah lb was telling me how bored she was with the other one so, yeah, she wasn't. You just, weren't bored with this one. No, I wasn't. I like Godard though. So. But you kept on telling me, like, why? Good. Why this guy? Like, why is she into this guy? Why does she want to yeah. be with this guy? That's yeah. that's your yeah. question. Yeah. But that true. also leans into the whole what of it all, which is why I would have featured on to on my old show. Yeah. So, so this uh, this is available in various places. Legally, to be, sure, yeah, um, I'm sure there's a Blu-ray out there. Uh, as far as I know, I've never seen like a 
Like, I used to work at Movie Stop, and we get a, just a lot of, like, random used DVDs. And, like, this was... And, and, and I, I don't remember ever seeing this. So I don't think hmm. this ever got, like, a DVD release over here. Maybe overseas, hmm. but... No, it did. It, it did. Um, over here? <clears throat> I'm looking at one right now. MGM release of a DVD... And that's that's the only DVD. The uh, it was released on Blu-ray by Shout Factory, but it is now out of print. Oh, and you know what that means? <laughs> Too have to much. Shell out fifty dollars or more, or more. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just want like I want this to be reappraised. It's too, I feel like it's too for. I don't want to say underrated, but <laughs> don't that, you dare. <laughs> yeah, I, I read your Twitter bio, but. Uh, but it, it is overused. But like, I think this is actually a movie that like should be you know re re quote rediscovered and reappraised. And uh, I feel like more people should actually be honest about how they feel at Breathless. Because sometimes I feel like you're just saying you like the original that much. I don't. I think you don't want to sound. You, you just want to sound like you like the right movies. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I get that idea from a lot of people. Well, the original is uh, influential on so many levels It's as far as its influence goes, but does that make it an uh, enjoyable experience right. to watch? Right, right, No, as far as its techniques and doing new things, breaking the wall, fourth wall, and uh, uh, cinema verite, handheld, whatever, et cetera, and so on. Yeah, but that's it's kind of a boring movie. So, <laughs> yeah, There are better Godard movies out there. Like his. And that was his movie. first movie, right? That was his uh, first one. movie. So. First feature movie, yes. First feature, yeah. All right. So recommendations for eighty three. Um, I have uh, uh, two very quick ones. One, Dark Habits, Almodovar. It's his crazy nun comedy. I guess sex comedy because Almodovar and everything is sexual with him. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's hilarious. It has his usual cast. Uh, my favorite Almodovar actors are in it. Uh, not including... Oh, what's, there's that There's that shitty, like, clickbait piece about, like, he has a... Like, he, now he has, like, a main actor he likes to use all the time. And it's, like, a Penelope Cruz. And it's like, no, he had people since the fucking beginning. He didn't do your homework. <laughs> Just watch his movies from the 80s. It's the same cast over and over again. Anyway, mm. Dark Habits, classic... And I always have to talk about it. Uh, Hideo, Hideo Gosha, uh, Japanese director, huge in Japan, not really huge anywhere else besides Japan. Uh, the Geisha. It's one of his like prestige movies, and it's great. Uh, you have to get a DVD or illegal torrent of it, but highly recommend The Geisha by Hideo Gosha. Who wants to go next? You, well, unless you, oh. you cap it off. Uh, you, I, you know, I, I end up doing it at the end just because I want to give everybody the opportunity to talk cool. about a movie. LB. In case. Me. You know. Yeah. My, uh, I'm picking something wicked. This way comes from 1983, which is a Ray Bradbury adaptation uh, done by the Walt Disney Company. Um, the Disney Movie Club just recently p 
put it out on Blu-ray, which has been a long time coming. It is a um, strange horror movie for children made in 83, back when Disney took risks when they made stuff. Uh, it's, it's a really cool story by Ray Bradbury, you know, that he has that, like, Americana, spooky Americana edge, um, where it's just kind of like, what if Norman Rockwell was a weirdo? <laughs> but um, the movie's really cool. Jonathan Price is in it. He's really creepy and as the villain and the dog is won't shut up it's distracting me but uh, yeah something <laughs> wicked this way comes is a really great atmospheric movie that um, is one of those old scaring children movies that we don't get anymore all right I guess that's me uh, mm. so here's the list um, Outsiders and Rumblefish. S.E. Hinton loves boys. Not mm -hmm. in a sexual kind of way, but she <laughs> loves, truly loves boys. Yeah. And the plight of boys in a way that we hardly ever actually see. Empathy towards boys in the, in, in the downtrodden boy especially. Not, not the snobby um, silver spoon kids. Those guys are the enemies in these movies. Outsiders is that is especially... Uh, the Rumblefish is one of my favorite films. It's black and white, crazy, written while they were doing The Outsiders, streamlined from the book, turned into something completely strange in art house, which I never knew until I got the Criterion. And then I was like, holy crap, where has this been my whole life? It's been around, but I've been ignorant. Uh, crap, and weird junk, uh, you got Krull, K-R-U-L-L, Kroll. <laughs> the fantasy film. The, the Keep, which is truncated, and I want to get the full one, but that doesn't exist. Or it kind uh, of does, but he's Michael not going to work on it. Yeah, The Keep. Why isn't uh, he going to finish it? He's like, I, I'm over it, bro. Yeah, I thought he hated The Keep. Yeah, he, I'm over it. Just finish it. Just go back and finish it. You'll make a lot of money. He has People, free time. <laughs> yeah. Christine is great. Videodrome, of course, almost goes without saying. The Meaning of Life by Monty Python. That's good. Kind of gross, but good. Mm. It's them pulling yeah. The Meaning of Life. It's them pulling out all the stops on, on taste because all their other stuff was kind of like edging towards bad taste, and this one's really completely bad taste in a good way. Yeah. It's offensive to the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get offended by the others. Is that the oh. one with the prostant joke, and then they have like the sex class, and the guy fucks his wife? Yes, there's that, and the the, the opening musical number is "Every Sperm Is Sacred." That's the Catholic <laughs> joke, where a uh, lady just gives birth while she's like slaving over a hot kitchen, whatever, and it just drops into a bucket, and the kid picks it up. And anyway, there's the barf scene there's the the gay man um being executed by being chased by a bunch of topless hot ladies <laughs> this man is about to die and it's played by the gay man in the cast so um it's his skit it's his joke uh that's actually so, funny though <laughs> yeah <laughs> he jumps off of a cliff being chased by the hottest women in the world um am i yeah. canceled for thinking that's funny <laughs> no okay it's, it's a joke 
<laughs> well, you know, it's really a commentary about how uh, women love gay men. <laughs> it could be. Malta is faceted, yeah. Can I say fag hag? Can I say that still? Uh, that mm-hmm. You just that did it. Oh, I no. just did. I mean, do Only people still do out. people still say that? According to the well, uh, the show I listen to, horror queers, they say the the preferred term now is fruit fly. Oh. <laughs> what? That, <laughs> that sounds almost even more offensive. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, they're, they're gay and they say the f word on occasion and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, I, I can say the I can say the n word, but I don't know. I can't. I I feel comfortable saying like. F hag, I won't say that on a recording <laughs> ever. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. So, I, I, I don't know. Fruit fly? I don't know. Fruit? Well, I mean, that sounds mm, just about as bad. That, that's yeah. two gay men's opinion, so but I this, don't know. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. Um, go, Joel. Please I, go. <laughs> everything feels generic when I look at my my piles of you know things. So I'm I'm just gonna say, um, there's a Robert Bresson movie that came out in '83, La Argen. Um, it's about uh, basically following the journey of this counterfeit bill that a a kid uses to purchase something and then when the people realize it's counterfeit they hand it off to somebody else which and then just from this like snowball rolling downhill building up on like the terrible or the bad things that happen because this counterfeit bill exists and you know they don't have enough money we don't have enough money to pay things and let's just say murder happens at some point but uh robert person movies i've only seen this one and uh, a man escapes but both of them felt like this, like, like this, like perfectly oiled machine that that really appealed to my brain. I don't know if it's an ADHD thing, but I can't help but think it is. Uh, so I, I do definitely recommend that. Um, the other ones I wanted to say were two classic horror movies. Sleepaway Camp came out this year. Uh, I, I put off watching that because it's like a classic, like uh, so bad it's good or whatever. I, sure. <laughs> And I like it. You do? Okay. I, now you think the ending is, is as batshit crazy as everybody says no. it was going to be. And I like, almost in, fell asleep. In like a, oh, that movie almost well, I, I think it's, it's, it's batshit crazy because it's, it's like so obviously not the, the person that we've been following the whole movie right. mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the reveal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, just out, it's just got this sleazy, like, ee, child molesty, ee, kind of, oh, like, right. thing no, going, definitely that. LB and I bonded over that movie, and Bill and Ted, but that movie in particular, because she had seen it, and I hadn't, and I was, like, the super, I've seen everything movie-wise, and I was like, what? No. So I went out and bought it, and then we watched it over the phone, because I was in California, she was in Tennessee, and, yeah, I was, she's like, already knowing what was going to happen waiting for my response yeah. which was what <laughs> what that's funny yeah, I, i'm not a slasher guy outside i'm basically a slasher they like or like terrifier because it's really vile <laughs> and gross and that's yeah that's, and blood that's rage when I, because it's absurdly stupid and if yeah, it's, it's seinfeld not, seinfeld yeah. as a slasher 
Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, come back! <laughs> what? Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah, and if it's, it's, it's not cranberry sauce. Come on, guys! If it's not, if it's not the the dumbest of the dumb or ex extremely vile, it's just like puts me asleep. <laughs> I so need a, like a Serbian film, vile. <laughs> no, like like Terrifier vile, like where it's like kind it's gotta of gotta be cheesy. And yeah, cheesy disgusting. vile, cheesy street trash. Yeah. And the other one I wanted to mention was the movie Christine. Yeah. And that one gets so much flack for what? some reason. Like, I, I, what? Did I don't know. But it's like, first of all, it's seen as a lesser John Carpenter movie. Because it's That's not. Ridiculous. Because it's because not, it's not John I, Carpenter's movie. It's Stephen King's. Right. right. That's... And, but I, I also feel like it's not. I I read that book and it's so fucking tedious. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so it's an improvement. That's they, yeah, they do they do a good job, and the, you know this kind of matches with Breathless because you know once again we're looking back to the 1950s and like this evil that's been waiting in the you know in the vehicle, but it also corrupts uh, you know somebody that sounds a lot like you, Andrew. I'm sorry to say, yes. uh, you know one of those one of those people and uh, square. And I th I think that it. I don't know. It, it really worked for me. I really like you it. Know? Yeah. I, I think everybody, you know, just as like a straightforward, like, this is a example of a very solid horror movie. I think Christine mm. is like perfect for that. It's very clever in so many ways. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I like when Stephen King writes about boys more than when he writes about girls like I kind of if you compare Christine with Carrie Christine is much more interesting maybe maybe Carrie wasn't the first thing he should have uh... yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah anyway. maybe yeah, Tab should have left that one in the trash but that's a story he tells that Tabitha's wife was found it in the mm -hmm. trash and was like no this is good although really? I yeah, yeah, she's the one who who convinced him to try to sell that one, or so. Jeez. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, it's good to have an encouraging partner. Come yeah, on, but, but that, <laughs> I guess that's true. Such a cliche story. It's like, is that true, or is that just a good PR story? <laughs> oh well. I have no answer, but I have to feed my cats. Cool. All right. Uh, this. Okay, my cat decided to join me. Um, uh, this episode will come out probably in March, because we're this is mid hiatus. Because I needed to, it's kind of slow slow down, get back into school and life shit. Listen to the bonus episode we put out if you want if you want the full reason why. And uh, yes, yeah, so LB Andrew, what uh, Grumpire wise will be out by then? And, oh, I should also say, my article uh, I pitched a year ago, it's, it <laughs> yeah. probably was going to be like... Another year? Yeah, really. <laughs> until I'm done school, until I'm college. So, which will be like next <laughs> <Okay>. winter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I don't know, we're just doing our thing. You know, we don't have, we don't have like a lot of stuff planned. Um, our most recent podcast episode uh, came out December, so that was just oh, yeah. MC Lars. MC Lars. That was, that was yeah. such a fun surprise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got MC Lars talking about 
the jerky boys and why he likes the jerky boys but why he does not like half baked i mean half baked so. isn't a good movie so right yeah so um yeah we'll just keep doing what we're doing i don't think we have anything like super special coming up yeah i don't think we're doing any runs we haven't set up any runs no we had a few last year yeah like weird boner week weird boner week action week and western week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah once yeah once my schedule's more clear i want to do write write about indian action movies that's yeah. my obsession and they are the best they're three-hour yeah, epics and so you're, good. You're they're just watching. too long. <laughs> All Indian movies are three hours long. I that, know. That, they're just too but, long. I can't commit. But there's oh. singing and dancing every, every like, half hour. It's great. It's too long. <laughs> I have this theory that um, action movies and pornos uh, and musicals, actually, all function in the same way they follow the same template yeah of like there's stuff that goes on in the movie and then all of a sudden there's this break to either you know have a kung fu fight or car chase or um sing a song that's not really relevant to the to the dialogue or whatever that else is going on or to fuck for like three minutes yeah Yeah, it's usually longer than three minutes it's usually 20 minute long (laughs) It, that's but, why porn is so long. Like, there's various yeah. kinds. Like, Pirates, LB. You're familiar <laughs> with that one. Yeah. That thing's too long because every time they stop to have sex, it's like really like 15 minutes each. Yeah. So they they all function the same way in that, mm. like, spreads out the, the runtime. So everything's like Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. but of yeah. sex, Fast and the Furious, of yeah. Fast mm. and the Furious, of Fast yeah. and the Furious, of musicals mm-hmm. and with indian action movies you get the music and the action yeah you just so it's even longer yeah and you get like hunky men and sub- submissive women who don't get do- get much to do <laughs> sing and dance yeah that's they can- the way it should be you said it not right. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right um for me, I don't fucking know what's coming up by then. Maybe I'll be on Movies from Hell. Uh, I have two episodes I've talked to Bradley about that. I'm not sure when we're getting to it. But one animation, one John Waters. Um, I picked seven John Waters because... Alright, um, J-Dog, what, what about you? What about uh, our other show? So, uh, the Arbitrary Indiscriminate Movie Podcast is in its second season. Just kidding, not season. It's a second series. Oh, because um, you're British? Yes. Uh, because I, <laughs> I didn't know any other way to divide up the stuff. Um, we're currently focusing on one of the masterful actors of our time, most masterful, uh, David Spade. <laughs> there is... That makes sense there. now! Because mm-hmm. I just saw you were watching, uh, which is, what's the Benchwarmers, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I, he, this makes no sense. <laughs> why would he do that? Why, yes, why would he do that? Not that Benchwarmers isn't amusing, because it is, especially David Spade's haircut. Very funny. Uh, but, yeah, Spencer, I had no clue. Now oh. it makes sense. Yeah. Watch Lost and Found, his rom-com from the 90s. 
Yeah. I've seen it. Oh. I, I know I know the guy who plays Turtle in it. What? Um, oh, you do? Oh, well, okay. yeah. you, you got to get on the that uh, on our other show and talk about that. Hmm. Yeah. We'll definitely have you yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, a one episode on the wrong Missy mm-hmm. and one on Lost and Found. The next upcoming episode, uh, I don't know when this is going to be released, but I don't really care, is going to be... Uh, I'm not sure if it's bench warmers. Well, um, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I release the next one we're gonna record? Yeah, hopefully, but. with my uh, child, I guess childhood friend Jamie. I've known him for over half my <laughs> life, so I guess childhood friend. I guess teen years counts as childhood, but yes, for, you could say formative years. Yeah, formative okay. years. I've known him for over half my life. We met when we were, four, I think he t- just turned fifteen, and I was fifteen already. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a, that, Excellent that's, story. Yeah. We'll talk about it on episode, I, I, probably. There's not much to the story. <laughs> Anyways, the entire premise of the Arbitrary Indiscriminate Movie Podcast is that we don't... We, we talk about the movie, but really it's it's just like, let's just tangent. Let's just go where we want to go. Ah, noodles. And, it's you know, it's intended to be like hanging out with your friends. I hope it gives that attitude. But uh, if you want to check us out, we're all over the place. The normal iTunes or Apple podcast and Spotify and, uh, you know, a ditch. Like if I drop like a, a CD with an MP3 on a ditch, that might happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, you guys will be on for two more episodes. One, actually I have to talk to you when we're done recording about that. Which is recording this one and one uh, Trans Europe Express, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I don't know. I won't have much to say about that one. It's weird, but I don't know how to talk about that one. Okay, and uh, we'll handle it. Jules and Jim, <laughs> which was like, oh, that's a normal movie. Is LB okay? <laughs> I don't know. I think I I just wanted an excuse an excuse to watch something like oh. that because I actually haven't seen it. So. Oh, okay. So you'll have my fresh opinion. Oh, I remember all this. This was a long time coming because you yeah. gave us a big list and that some were taken and some uh-huh. weren't. And yeah. LB was like, I guess those. But like <laughs> some of those, I guess, is, or, or you've already done one. Yeah. And and Trends yeah. Europe Express, so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and then Jules and Jim, I guess, was just a straggler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not your brand is more what, what I'm getting at. But, yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Is it is it, like, for people who like I've, Breathless? I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> it just, it's been on my Netflix DVD list at this point for probably six or seven years. I just keep moving really? it back every time it gets close. <laughs> so. <laughs> not today, Jules and Jim. Can we just watch Benny and June instead? Uh, sure. No. I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Hey, hey, that has some very good uh, slapstick um, <laughs> ripping right. off of all those uh, guys. Oh, anyway. are you guys on Twitter and stuff? Oh, right, yeah. Jimetsko. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, Grumpire Online. That's it. Yeah, at Grumpire Online. Yes, Grumpire.com, by the way. Okay. I don't think I don't think we said that before. No, Grumpire.com yeah. is the website. 
The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fopp, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, sarahkathleenroberts.com. And thank you for listening.